Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, Stiff Farm going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Gruden, Walgren, Bill Belichick were all students of Bill Walsh. Don't ever forget. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the 49 Faithful UK Show. Tonight I'm joined once again by Gareth Ellis. Hello. And Paul Hope. Hello. Right, fellas, that's two wins in a row. No, outrageous. It feels good, doesn't it? It does. It does. It feels very good. So what I'm going to do, the way I'm going to start tonight's show is I'm just going to rattle off some stats to, to begin with. Um, some obviously meaningful stats um, before I get in. <laughs> Before I get into my tirade against Kyle <laughs> Shanahan, <laughs> and a, a few things to say about Jimmy as well, uh, but it's not as bad as what that sounds. It, that kind of makes it sound worse than what I, it actually is. So let's, let's start with some of these um, some of these stats, which I, I found really interesting. So Arden Key had three sacks in three games. Before these three games, he'd only had three sacks in forty-four games. So he's obviously elevated his game once he's come to us and once he's settled into the way our defence plays. So that's good to see. George Kittle has had at least one touchdown in the last three games. That's the first time a 49th tight end has done that since Vernon Davis in 2013, weeks 11 to 15. And I was actually at one of those games to see him do that. That was the uh, game against the Rams on November the 30th, I think it was. On November the 29th. Um, so I was there to see that. Um, that. That was an impressive game. Ayuk got his eighth career touchdown. That's the most San Francisco players in their first two seasons since Crabtree Crab in 2009 or 2010. Um, Crabtree is also known as Cash Tree because he was a bit of a money grabbing bucko when he first came here. Debo got his sixth rushing touchdown. There's only Jerry Rice has more among San Francisco wide receivers since 1950. So that's a big one. Not bad company. Yeah, right. That's the stats. Before I get into the rest of it, let's hear what you think about the game. <laughs> Who wants to start? Oh. Nadji got his wish, Lee. It was a very easy, dominating victory. We made a statement again, didn't we, two weeks in a row. We've asked who's our identity. And uh, the field goal at the end of that drive wasn't ideal. But my God, I felt tired for the Jags defence sat at home watching it. That was like just pure pound smash mouth football. I was a little disappointed we settled for the field goal. Um, and maybe I'm stealing a bit of your thunder, so I won't go down that route if you said no, you're no, going to have go, a tirade on there. No, go, go, go down that route. Point it out. Uh, Everybody I mean, saw it. Point it out. I, I mean, what's frustrating, Lee, is he seems all right going for it, Kyle, when we're winning and we're ahead. You know, we talked about the Debo play last week against Rams, fourth and six, and Jimmy put the touchdown pass on. I just felt like, possibly because it was against the Jags, and he thought, right, I'm going to take the points. But for me, I'd have gone for it on that, and it would have sent a statement out. So I was a little bit surprised at that. So well, you, it, you've actually surprised me there, Paul, because I thought you were going to go in a completely different direction. All right. All right. Go on, then. <laughs> yeah. The the wide-open receiver that Jimmy Garoppolo missed. 
he had well, all day to hit uh, Jeff Wilson. It, he it did. was probably one of the easiest throws he'll ever make. And he missed them Poss- by a country Poss- Possibly. However, I may not have watched the game in 40 back yet because I've had a bit of a busy day on Victory Monday. Let's get that in. But if you re-watch it, Wilson has a little bit of a stutter. And if you, I think, Jimmy, you're right, it was wide open. Sat, my first glance at Ormley, sat on the sofa, was like, oh, my God, as if Jimmy's just missed that. And you start getting the text messages, the groans in the group start. And like you said, <laughs> it couldn't have been any more open. But when you watch it back, there's just a slight stutter. I am trying to clutch at straws, so yeah, because... Yeah, I think, I think you are, because I've watched it back a few times, because to be honest, I actually thought the ball was tipped as it went over the line, so that's what I was looking for. I saw the stutter, but the stutter was more a case of Jeff Wilson actually trying to get to the ball <laughs> Yeah, because Maybe it was too it was far bit, in front of him. If he was a bit taller, he might have caught it as well, but Neil Watson has sent me a text today because he's very excited. There's a couple of stats you've missed off there, Lee, at the start of your show. I mean, Jimmy G, two touchdowns in three straight games, longest streak of his career, um, last four games... 76 out of 109, 70% completion rate, six touchdowns, only one interception. So when you ask me thoughts about the game, again, no turnovers, mistake-free football, the 49ers that I want to see week in, week out. But we've said it before in this show, Lee, we don't win these games because of Jimmy G. And I know Neil's probably cursing me right now. He's doing what Nadji said. He's being competent. He's doing what's asked of him. And he doesn't need to be a Patrick Mahomes or a Deshaun Watson running around all over the place. That said, I believe Nadji may still be drooling over Herbert's play last night. I don't know if you've seen some of the highlights when Herbert was running around and kind of give you a glimpse of what a mobile quarterback could be like. But come on, Gareth, join in on the so, Jimmy G love so or be, the Jimmy be, G hate. <laughs> I, was going to be, I was going to say, before Gareth jumps in there, so I saw that stat and there was a reason I didn't put that stat down there. Because, in my view, that's a negative stat against Jimmy. Jimmy's now been in this league eight seasons. And this is the first time that he's had two touchdown passes or more in three consecutive games in eight seasons. See, when when he looked at it from that point of view, that's that's not great. To be honest, Lee, tongue-in-cheek, there was another stat I've seen where um, 49er QBs to complete 70% of passes and throw multiple touchdown passes in three straight games. Jimmy Garoppolo, 2021. Joe Montana, 1989. And you think, if you look at the stats alone, I think you've said it before on this show, Nadji said it, you can't just go off the stats. You've got to look at the eye test. Um, You also didn't throw out the Nick Bosa stat. I thought you might have been quite excited to share Bosa's now, was it 10 sacks for the season? 10 sacks for the season, that's correct. So I've got that later down. So that's not... You know, that, there's that's only not one. one of those unique stats no. type thing. It's a, it's a game stat or it's, a season I mean, stat. I mean, for, for Borsa though, you know, come back off the ACL. I mean, Neil Graham was jumping up and down in the uh, game day thread yesterday because Borsa was awesome. You know, there's only one player in the NFL with 10 sacks and 15 tackles for a loss, and that's Borsa. And if he didn't get held on every play, Christ almighty, he might have had double those sacks. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, he is... Nick Boss is just different gravy. He he is fantastic. And you can see he's getting better week after week after week. He, he is truly over that knee injury now. And it, it just bodes well for the running towards the end of the season because we are going to need somebody of his elite skill set to actually get us across the line into the playoffs. 
because although we've got a decent run in, there's a couple, two or three teams that may cause, cause us problems. So yeah, it's, it's good to see him playing like that. What's your thoughts, Gareth, on, on last night's game? You've jumped around a lot. What should I start? <laughs> the game, Jimmy, or, or Nick Bosa? Or... Feel start free, man. I'll just, I'll just leap in in this free-form uh, structure. Yeah, um, just just start. Start with the game and see if you can hit the trigger <laughs> point. That's going to get me. <laughs> oh, 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 is it like bingo? I've got to try and find the magic word that's going to going to kick you off. Okay. Um, overall, pretty pleased with the performance. The Jags certainly helped us. Uh, seemed very familiar watching a team contribute to beating itself. But we've we've gone back to basics and we've stuck with our identity. I think we can see we miss Elijah Mitchell. So much so that I think Debo Samuel is our, probably our second best running back because he seems to be lining up. He's playing a running back well. He's not a receiver who's got a, a few designed runs. Do you, do you not think Jeff Wilson's just a little bit rusty after being I off think, for so long? Yeah, yeah. I, it's not really too critical on, on those guys, but uh, I'm glad we stuck with plugging away, even though we were only getting that sort of three yards of carry. If you can do it consistently, it's 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 enough to keep the chains moving. It's... It's getting that positive yardage on first down that sets you up. And that's what we were failing to do early in the season. It was forcing us, I think, to throw and being in those third and longs and, and silly penalties, third and 15 and stuff like that, uh, and forcing us out of our comfort zone. I think we've been able to establish that uh, and did it comprehensively. I think against the Jaguars are pretty poor, but their run defense, the defensive line isn't too bad. It's, it's, it's probably a, what, a middling unit overall it's 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 not a, a defensive union uh, unit that you run all over so I, I think I think that was good I thought Jimmy had a, a kind of okay game mixed bag um, wide open Jeff Wilson I think yes there is potentially a little bit maybe he was expecting Wilson to be in a slightly different position and maybe couldn't see him behind the, offen- the defensive line um, but yeah he's missed he's missed a wide open throw there but he, he nailed Kittle with another one when it when it counts. Uh, we've said it before. At least these misses don't seem to phase Jimmy. Uh, it, we always know he's going to have these few bad throws. And at least at least he's not throwing the bad picks. So yeah, interesting to watch a game where I thought you know we're going to win this even after the first drive. I thought going for the field goal was probably the right choice. After that drive having pummeled their defence to come away with no points and suddenly give that momentum and belief back to the defence. Uh, I think that was too much of a risk. I think Shanahan trust, trusted the guys and said, we'll get the ball back. It's only the first quarter. We'll score a touchdown on the next drive. Uh, so I think it might be safe. I know a lot of the analysts and the percentage people were having a bit of a, a, a moan about it, but they're not the head coach. They would have been exactly the same people had we lost that game by two points saying Shanahan should have kicked the field goal in the first drive. So pff, damned if you do, damned if you don't. It's, it's points on the board. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm getting very fond from that game with Juwan Jennings. Uh, nice little uh, spikiness, I think, to his play. Uh, recovered a fumble, uh, got a holding call that kept that drive going um, and did something enough to wind up a player to get him ejected. So uh, that put a smile on my face, as, as did the whole game. Almost disappointed at the end that we were actually letting them get some yards and we didn't put 40 or 45 on them. Um, but it's a slightly short week. It's all the way across country for what is a 10 a.m. 
game for those guys. It's professional. You go out, you establish a lead, you hold that lead, and you get out with a win. Um, and that's what we did, and that's what good teams do. Um, bigger test next week, but overall, very pleased. And I seem to have got all the way through without hitting Lee's trigger word. Yeah, you haven't triggered it. You haven't triggered I was it. Gonna so. say, yeah, I was going to say, he hasn't triggered your words, Lee. Uh, no. I mean, to... Oh. <laughs> Jimmy Ward. Uh, no, no. no. Tart. I might it have to trigger Tom myself. Compton. No, no, no. Mitch okay, so, so I'll give you my overview of the game. Um, pretty much agree with the two of you. I thought we played well. I thought it was a really professional um, professional performance. I, I think Kyle did well. I thought Jimmy played well. J- Jimmy played to his ceiling again. Yep. We know Jimmy's going to miss open receivers because we see it every week now. So let, let's resign us to that fact. Hopefully one day I will stop pointing them out. <laughs> but for now, I'm pointing them out. We played well. Um, I, w- I was quite surprised to see Jalen Moore get um, benched early on. He did come back into the game later on, but um, he was benched for Tom Compton. Um, I was surprised to see Hafanga only have 16 snaps and Tart come back in. Um, so that, that was a little bit surprising. We have our identity on offence. and it, Like I said last week, it's the same identity as what we had in 20, 2019. We basically beat people to death with the run game. And it works. It works because of the personnel that we've got on the field. You've just mentioned J1 Jennings there. He was our high, highest graded. Was a pass blocker, a run blocker, run blocker. 88.8. And yeah, he was graded at, uh, among the wide receivers and skill players. Um, Trent like, Williams was actually higher than that. Is that your trigger word, Trent Williams? Is this Tre- what Trent I'm... Williams is my trigger word. Oh. <laughs> Trent Williams. Okay, right. Let's get into this. <laughs> You'd have to put a bit of context into that for the people listening about. Yeah, the, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go through it. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was triggered. I, I was triggered by a player involving Trent Williams. It wasn't Trent <laughs> Williams who was the trigger, it was Kyle Shanahan. What the hell was he doing when we had such a commanding lead late in the game? to risk our all-pro left tackle on a stupid player like that. that, that we, we talk about being bullish and bravado, but that was bullish and bravado from Kyle. Putting that play, I'd have sent Brunskill over there. Yeah, let's risk Brunskill. They'll never think he's going to catch the ball. I mean, he can't block anyone. Why risk Trent Williams? I thought that was a ridiculous play to make in that particular game, in that instance of the game. We risked possibly our whole season if we lose Trent Williams at left tackle. That that yeah, would have been major. And this is where I think Kyle is not a good head coach when he makes boneheaded decisions like that. The rest of the game, he called a really good game. And I agree with him going for the, um, the field goal on that first drive. And the reason I, I agree with him is because we hadn't seen what the Jags were going to do. We hadn't seen how easy we were going to be able to stop them. Had that been two two Jags offensive players down the down the road, and we got to that position, I can guarantee you he'd have gone for it, because he knows we were stopping them straight away. So he'd have gone for it. So I agree with that. I thought he played. He, he called a good game, apart from that uh, that one player with Trent Williams, and I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I could not believe it. I was absolutely seething. I thought, 
how stupid to do this. This is such a huge risk with such a huge impact if it goes wrong. I just couldn't believe it. And that, that, that was the trigger. I'm, well, I'm, I'm going to leap in there. I You you risk getting in, injured on every single play. You risk getting injured. What's what's more likely to injure him? Getting caught under two 300-pound defensive linemen on when it's fourth and one or a play where he just has to sort of jump in the air? A play you where know? he has to just jump in the air. And I'll tell you why, Gareth. That first scenario you give, he trains to do that every day in practice. He doesn't train to catch the ball. He doesn't train to be a receiver. He's doing something that's foreign to him, foreign to his body. A guy who's over 300 pounds jumping up, he could have easily twisted his knee in the turf coming back down again. That's why yeah, it's it, a bigger risk. I, I agree. You risk your body on every single player. I, I don't see that as, as an excessive risk to the player's health. I don't. It, they, get, they risk getting injured on every single snap. I, I think we'll agree to disagree on that. Yeah, <laughs> because I think I think that's a huge risk to take somebody out of their normal playing style to do that. I just thought. I mean, to be fair, we all love a trick play in the NFL, and you see it sometimes when the big guys get open, and it's just like a a simple pass. So, kind of being devil's advocate and sitting in the middle, when I dropped that text in the group chat last night, Lee, I didn't expect you and Nadji to jump all over it. And I appreciate Gareth kind of having me back a little bit. And that's why we do this show. That's why we love it. I was sat at home and I thought, wow, go Kyle Shanahan, trying something out of his bag of tricks. And like Gareth said there, you get the risk of on every play. Some people, Lee, would argue, why are we running Debo Samuel from the backfield? Now, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm, I'm one of those people. However, there was a couple of players last night when Debo was the running back and you, you thought, oh God, he takes a hit here. But, I agree with what you're saying in some regards, but he didn't get injured. We won 30-10, to 10, victory Monday. For the first time in a long time, Lee, I was willing the bloody Green Bay Packers to win. So I let my mate know that because he was getting very bullish at one point last night and the blooming let us down. Well, to be honest, I think that sets up next weekend's meetup really well with both teams at 5-5. Five and five. So just quickly go back to that, uh, that Trent Williams play. What I would have been impressed with as if it wasn't Trent Williams who was doing that, but if it stuck Mitch Wisnowski in, who didn't yeah. do anything all game, he didn't have a single snap to play, stick him in, give him a little, little bit of the limelight. That that would have been impressive. Mitch yeah. Sorry? Mitch Wisnowski. Yeah. That would have been a trick play and a half. And um, you've got to say, Ayuk... Had a great game last night. I do feel that maybe sometimes on the show we go down the route, route of talking about Jimmy. And like Gareth said, we freestyled it a bit tonight. We've, we've jumped all over. But I think the way the game went last night, Lee, we were able to. I mean, the Jags were awful, weren't they? I, I'm not sure what I was quite expecting from the Jags. but They did what we were God. doing at the start of the season. They were beating themselves. Mm. Yeah, like Gareth flag said. After flag after flag after flag. What was interesting, Gareth, on one of the... Uh, online groups I mean there was a Jags fan morning about the 49ers getting every decision and I just had a little chuckle and I dropped them a message and was like yeah you clearly haven't seen many 49er games this season if you think we get all the decisions and I still every time Lawrence threw the ball down the field Lee I did look for the flag I was like no but your boy Josh Norman Lee another punch out yeah yeah called it yeah that's right so I called the force fumble but I also called three interceptions and obviously we didn't get any of those. 
Um, and to be fair, I, I was actually quite impressed with some of the things that Trevor Lawrence was doing. Um, some of the throws he was making were absolutely spot on. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we could have sacked him a lot more, a lot more times. The number of times Bosa was held, and it just seems to be week in, week out. He is getting some flags, and ironically, I think Gareth had said it in the um, in the uh, podcast group. The flags he seems to get are the ones where he's already sacked him. <laughs> Yeah. So it yeah. doesn't really make any difference. So it, that, that's it, really frustrating. That it is almost like the refs are looking at it, going, "Look, we we can't just do it every time. It, it's either going to be a flag or a sack every play." Yeah. It, I mean, I know it's. I, I don't believe in the uh, in the conspiracies, but sometimes you you just think, you know, he he is clearly being held so often. It's like, oh, he's got the sack. So look, I can throw the flag now and say, "Look, there you go. You've got one." Um, but yeah. People have just got their arms around him every single game, and he's still just ferreting away, isn't he? He's relentless. Um, yeah. Did he's you not notice that? Um... He's not. He's not kicking off. Lee. He's not mourning. He's not stropping. He's not whinging at the referees. And there was a talk a couple. I think at the start of the season, should we get rid of Borsa? Is he going to get a new contract? Is he injury? And I'm I'm sat watching games like last night, thinking he better stay forever because he's bloody brilliant. Did you notice that our new player, Charles Ominihu, played? Yeah, he had a good game, I thought. Yeah. I thought he complimented Bosa quite well. And and your boy, Arden Key, had a good game. I know you touched upon it at the start with the stats, but um, he looked quite good. Now He took his sack quite well, didn't he? Like you said, is it, yeah. um, three straight games now. So, DiMarco yeah. is moving the pieces around. And we, we said that a couple of weeks ago. I, I say I feel smug or bullish, to use my word, Lee. Some of the things we said a couple of weeks ago, give them time. He needs to get to grips. I agree with Gareth. I think the prevent defence last night was a little bit frustrating. <laughs> Maybe because of the season we've had, I kind of wanted him, Kyle to keep his foot on the pedal. And at that point, there was no point because we'd won the game. But when they took the... Um, you were going to talk about Thomas, weren't you, Lee? Because there was a couple of comments in the group. Yeah, about... so Ambry Thomas played uh, 11 snaps all towards the end of the game. Um, he had four tackles in those 11 snaps. There was a couple of uh, comments about him being burned by Marvin Jones, so I went back and looked at those over the uh, the game in 40. And the ones where he, he seemingly got burned, he was playing in zone defence. Um, the first one went in between his zone and Chiquiski Tart's zone, and that was I, I thought that was a pretty good pass by Trevor Lawrence to, to get it in between the two zones. He, he hit the spot where he had to hit the spot to get to his receiver. The other two where Ambry Thomas was playing prevent defence, so he stood back off him. As soon as that ball went out there, Ambry Thomas came up and made the tackle. So he, he was able to make the tackle in the prevent defence and stop them getting any more yards, but obviously the Marvin Jones was making the reception. So because of the, the stage of the game it was at, I think it was a little bit harsh to call him out on that, um, because when he did make the tackle, it was a sure-fire tackle. It was a really good tackle that he was making. And um, I, I think the thing about Ambry Thomas, or defensive backs in um, in general, when they come in as rookies, they tend to take a season or two to actually get up to speed in the NFL. Um, you, you have the odd, very high pick, like Derwin and James, he comes in and he just balls out straight away. Um, but generally, they do take a little bit of time to get up to speed. So I'm, I'm not too worried about Ambry Thomas. I think he looked a lot better in those 11 snaps last night than what he did earlier on in the season. Because earlier on in the season, I thought it was just a complete waste of a pick. Whereas last night, I thought, that's some good tackling by Ambry Thomas. 
So I, I think credit where credit's due. I understand why Marvin Jones was making those completions. Um, I think the tackles that followed those completions were good. And if you have a look where the ball didn't go to him, he, he was and he was playing in man. He was actually stuck to Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones wasn't getting anywhere. So that, that's the yeah, type I of things I looked at, just just because of the comments in the group. Um, the, uh, the same with the Jimmy pass to to Jeff Wilson. I wanted to see that again because my initial reaction was that ball had been tipped. Um, I've watched it over and over, and although it's, it's a little bit inconclusive because of the angle of the um, of the camera at the time, the one that the show, I don't think it was tipped. I just thought it was poor placement. Um, I think Paul said it. Paul might be right. Jeff Wilson wasn't far enough over. It might be new Gareth. I can't remember. Jeff Wilson might not have been in the position that Jimmy was expecting him to be in. And maybe I'm being a little bit harsh because when you do see the camera, the camera angle they've got, it probably looks as though Jimmy couldn't see him and just expected him to be in a certain place. And that's the type of thing you tend not to be able to see properly unless you are the quarterback. You can't see what he can see. All, you can, all he can do is throw the ball to where he believes the receiver should be. So maybe I'm being a little bit harsh there. No, but I see that? It looks, it looks bad because for, we can all see he's wide open. But again, maybe with the defensive line in the way, Jimmy isn't quite sure. Maybe he's lost track of where the safety might be. And he thinks, OK, well, the safety's not outside him. So if I put the ball on his outside arm, I, it's not going to um, be intercepted. And... It's like, oh, he's wide open. But Jeff Wilson got a hand to it. So he's he's half a step. It's Or it's a fraction of a second late in his route. So it's not like, you know, he's not missed him by 10, 15 yards. But it looks bad to us because we can see how wide open he is. And let's maybe give Jimmy a little bit of the benefit of the doubt that he, he wasn't quite sure how wide open. Or maybe he just wasn't expecting Jeff Wilson to be that wide open and thought, I've got to put it on the outside just in case the safety's there behind him. So... But there we go. I mean, I mean, maybe that's why Kyle went for the field goal, settled Jimmy down. One thing I like about Jimmy Lee, we, we've said it for years, he doesn't let the bad throws phase him. And we always used to joke in that 2019 season, Jimmy needed to get his bad throw out of the way. And the earlier it happened, the better it would be. And like Gareth said there, sometimes you sit at home and you think, oh, how has he missed that? But it's again, Kyle's moved him back into shotgun. If you go back and look at the stats, he's playing a lot more out of shotgun. And that way he's not having to turn his back on the defence. So I, I think on that occasion, it might have been a bit of a play action. And he's rolled out and he's just fizzed the ball in thinking he's going to be there. I mean, Jimmy wasn't dominant. He didn't hit the 300 yards that I was going to call. But I'll take his 16 for 22 for 176 yards and two touchdowns. So, Neil Watson, there's your shout out, mate. I said I would get some Jimmy Love on the show because Nadji's not here. This is where you shoot me down now, Lee. <laughs> no, no, like, like I said, I mean, I thought Jimmy played well. I thought Jimmy played at Jimmy's ceiling. I'm quite happy to say that. I thought he had a good game. He's obviously got accuracy issues. As far as that bad throw is concerned that we always talk about, Jimmy has this one bad throw. I don't actually think he had one of those last night. That that, that inaccuracy, I, I don't class that as a bad throw. The bad yeah. throws uh, when it's, it's almost intercepted or it is intercepted, those to me are the bad throws. If he's just slightly missing a, a receiver, then yeah, let's just call him in what it is. He, he's inaccurate. He, he's not as accurate as the, the top tier quarterbacks. But yeah, I thought he had a good game. I mean, 
I'm going to hold my hands up and say I thought he played well. I'm not going to bash him just for bashing's sake. And like I said, hopefully I'll get over this urge to actually call out all the uh, throws that he's missing or the open receivers that he's missing because obviously he's, he's here to stay in the short term um, until Lance is actually up and running, knows the playbook fully, then we roll him with him all of this season. And, you know, potentially, unless somebody comes in with a... a can't refuse trade offer in the off season. We might even roll with them for next season. So that's something people need to be aware of and yes. get their heads around. Because Lance, maybe he needs two seasons to adjust to this. There's rumours that he's actually regressed since training camp. So that's a little bit worrying. Um, and like I said on previous podcasts, I just really hope that Shanahan's not going to use Trey Lance like Lamar Jackson. Get him throwing the ball first. Get him thrown and accurate and then let him use his legs. Let, let's get down to the basics of being a quarterback first. Well, that's why I mentioned Herbert Lee, because Herbert isn't a mobile quarterback. What Herbert did last night and, and some of the others in the league do, like Josh Allen now, they don't use the legs first. They, they do what you've just said there. The passes, but they use the legs to extend the play. And we've seen Jimmy do it a couple of times. And obviously, the injuries have tucked us tall. But I agree, Lee. I think me and you said it a couple of weeks ago. We don't want Trey to be the new Lamar Jackson. We don't want to be where the Arizona game, where he just runs. And some of those runs weren't designed. When you go back and watch the tape, there was a couple of times the receivers weren't getting separation. And like you said, Lee, he probably didn't have trust in his own. He just thought, right, I'm going to get the ball and run. But it's interesting you've mentioned that Jimmy could be next season because the way he's playing, like you've said, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be a surprise. I don't know how well some people would take that mind. I, I don't know because I don't know whether he'll play out the last season of his contract. So will, will we give him some kind of short contract extension or will he just say, look, I've, I've given you your season. You've, you've drafted my replacement. I want out. So uh, it, it could be that. It could be that we can't afford his, his contract next season. And to be fair, I very much doubt we can afford his contract next season. So if he does stay, it, it might need to be some sort of renegotiation there. Um, obviously, Come the off season, he no longer has a veto for a trade. That that veto was for this year of his contract only. And I was just going to add something else about watching um, Herbert and the, and the ones that he gets. It's that it's that last resort. It's yeah. He, he's making those plays. He's getting those first downs when he needs to. But one of the reasons he's able to do it on a lot of those plays is because he's established himself as a deep ball threat. You can send yep. the receivers, you clear out the whole secondary, and that creates that space for you to run into. That doesn't happen if you don't have the deep ball threat. So it, the two go in hand, hand in hand. The fact that they've got to respect his passing ability opens up that space for him to run. And, and yeah, Trey Lance has got to do, do the same as well. Establish that he's a genuine deep or at least intermediate threat uh, to clear out those linebackers and, and create that space for him to go into if he, if nothing opens up and he needs to escape. So, yeah. And that's the that's a double-edged sword, isn't it, Gareth? At the moment, all we've really got on tape is Trey can run. And when he put him in for garbage time last night to take the nail downs, I was a little bit nonplussed. I thought, what's he learning from this? Like, I know there's the call to get Trey some snaps, but that's not the way to do it. But like you said... That's why I referenced the Herbert thing, because I know Nadji's got a bit of a man crush on him, and we know a lot of people, Jimmy G. Lee, it's the elephant in the room still. But I think he had a good game overall. We're happy. We've won again. 
set up nice for Sunday for that quiet little game we'll be watching all together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So glad you led us into that. So obviously the Bristol meetups this weekend coming. Um, we're all going to be on site for probably is about midday Sunday. Um, some people are going down on Friday night making a whole weekend of it. I, I had intended intended to do that until I saw how much the hotel prices were. So I'm not doing that. But I'll be there on the Sunday morning. Um, hopefully meet up with everybody before we actually make our way along to All Stars Bar, which is where we have a room booked um, or a table booked. I don't know if it's a couple of tables or a room. Um, so really looking forward to that. Um, obviously, it's, it's a huge game. I, I think the Vikings are going to be a completely different test for us to what um, the last two weeks has been. And that's saying something, considering we went up against the Rams last week. Um, I think it's going to be a tight game against Vikings. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. And we can talk about that in the preview show. But yeah, if you don't already know about it, and if you don't know about it, you must have been living under a rock. Then get yourself down to Bristol this um, coming Sunday. We had All-Star Sports Bar. We're going to watch the game together with the UK Vikings Club and there's also a few other fans from different teams coming down as well who are friends of either 49ers or Vikings. So it should be a good weekend. Uh, hopefully um, hopefully we all don't drink too much and it ends up like uh, Edinburgh the next morning because um, I can't honestly, I'm too old. I'm too old for one of those. That, that just killed us, that did. But uh, yeah, it should be <laughs> a great weekend. So I hope to see as many people there as possible. Um, currently we've got 27 definitely confirmed we've got another six maybes um, another seven maybes um, so that, that's quite a good turnout from the uh, the 49 affair for UK on the Viking side um, they were expecting uh, roughly the same I don't know how many they've got because like us they've got they've got a mixture of people who are confirming via Facebook confirm, confirming via Twitter so it's about getting all those numbers together uh, to be honest, I think there's going to be about 60, 60, 70 people there. Um, and what better way to watch the NFL with another group of NFL fans? So it's going to be a really good night. Apologies for the game day thread, Lee. It'll be slightly quieter this week, but um, I'll shout out my man Neil. Neil Watson's not able to make it to Bristol, so he will be in the game day thread. And he, anyone who can't make it, please feel free to join Neil because he'll uh, be a bit lonely without all of us lot. Yeah, I think he will be. And I might even do Facebook Live before I've had a drink. <laughs> um, just jumping in there, no, you I'm... sounded just like Tracy. Tracy's giving me that speech tonightly about not being too stupid and you're getting too old for all this and remember Edinburgh. So it sounds like you two have been talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know exactly where she's coming from. I know exactly where she's coming from. Ne- never again. Or until the next time, at least. Until the next time. Well, I, I'm, I'm not going to preempt our preview show, but I'm expecting a, another 46-45 shootout. Funny well, you I should mention Gareth. that, you know, Gareth. Funny you should mention that, because I've, I've had a lot of thought about that today. And I, I think the Vikings are going to put up uh, quite a big number on us. Yeah. But I also think we can put up quite a big number on them. Now, the only difference is, and we are preempting the uh, preview show, the Vikings' uh, defensive backs aren't playing that well this season, which means Jimmy is going to have to help out because their run game, their run defense is actually playing pretty well. So it all depends on whether or not they're going to sell out to the run, which will make Jimmy have to attack them through the air. So it could be another game like we had up in Edinburgh, um, 
which obviously, I mean, that was fantastic. Um, what a game to have a meetup on that one. And I think that kind of drove the drinking. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's better the devil you know come Sunday. Yeah. Well, we are at the uh, 9.25 game where the saving grace for Edinburgh was we were the 6 o'clock game. So, um, jumping on what you said, Lee, I think there's a couple of people have sent messages today to say they're coming, but they haven't tagged on the group. And I've just told people to keep in touch with us all on the day because, like you've said, I'm in to arrive about two o'clock with Connor Ryan. We were having a bit of a road trip down from Teesside. Yeah. And um, there's a couple of people landed, you know, flying in, train. So, like you said, like between all of us, either on the group game day thread or just send messages. I'm sure we can coordinate with everyone and looking forward to it. Club 85's first official meetup. I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah. Say, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. People, you should be able to recognize people. I think it should be fairly obvious. Any um, To be fair, Gareth, other numbers are available for those people who are a bit confused. It's just the tongue-in-cheek about the 94 throwback. We all got a bit excitable, and Kittle was pretty much a popular choice. So there will be a lot of 85 jerseys, so we just thought we'd kind of phrase. But any other number? I think Neil Graham said he's wearing number 80, Jerry Rice. So I'm sure there'll be plenty of 49er jerseys on display on Sunday. Yeah, definitely. Right, guys, thank you very much for joining me. You're welcome. Victory Monday. Yeah, Victory Monday. Hopefully, it'll All be... aboard the hype train. Yeah, whoop, hopefully whoop. it'll be Victory Monday next Monday without the hangover. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. Yeah. Thanks once again to everyone that listens to the show. Remember to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Also, check out our YouTube channel by searching for 49 Faithful UK. Until next time, stay safe and go Niners. Go Niners. San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart Like Joe Montana in the corner deep Clark Garrison Hurst, stiff arm going 99 Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline NDB, greatest owner of all time Groovy, Walgren, Bill Belichick We're all students of Bill Walsh, don't ever forget